this following the end of San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, don't get that confused. We were not at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, we will get into where we actually were in a little bit. But first, we have Ryan. Hello. And we have Kevin. I'm here. And we have me, Brent. Hi, Brent. Uh, Hi, Brent. Jen is uh, not joining us for this episode. Because, uh, as you can tell, I don't sound that great either. Uh, Jen and I, after managing to get by for a couple of years uh, without uh, running into uh, everybody's favorite friend, Mr. COVID, uh, we ran into them and uh, they hit us like a truck. So uh, Jen is is still, she got it worse than I did. As you can tell, I still, still sound like I have a cold. So Jen's going to pass on recording this week because she'll probably fall asleep halfway through. Mm -hmm. No guarantee I'm not going to. Um, And part of that is uh, we were out a little bit later than uh, we normally are. So uh, because our uh, good friend and friend of the show, Rex, his uh, son, the, the boy genius, got married to his lovely bride, Emma, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we were all in attendance. It was a lot of fun. Yes, it was very <laughs> fun. It was a lot. It was a good time. Yes, very a, much. A, a very nerdy wedding too. But well, nerdy it. in the right sort of way, right? Oh no, like it, yeah. it, it, it was accented by nerdiness. I yes. would say. Except for the cake cutting, where they used Hemdel's sword, <laughs> which was pretty <laughs> awesome. Yes, handmade. So uh, we all had fun, and uh, yeah. So congratulations go out to uh, Boy Genius and uh, Emma. I, I feel he- almost hesitant using her name because, uh, but I, I feel that we have obscured it enough that nobody will figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she uh, needs, I don't know what her nickname is. I'm sure we can find out though eventually if they yeah. got far. And she did walk down the aisle to the Avengers theme song. Yes. So. Oh, she's she is very nerdy as well. Her her nerdiness, I believe, is runs more in the Harry Potter realm. Ah. So. Yes, that's why if you look on your coaster, the coasters we got as part of our play settings, one is a lightsaber and a wand. So. Yep. We didn't. We did not ask the question though, because it looks it, it, the lightsaber representing Boy Genius is either <laughs> Anakin's lightsaber or Darth Vader's lightsaber. Yes. Either way, it's either the, 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 so. Is it the Youngling Killer Three Thousand or? <laughs> 
or just pure straight up Sith? These are very good questions. <laughs> Alrighty. So uh should we break into the news? Yes, we'll break into the news. So this is all not San Diego news. This is all news from the last couple of weeks. Gotcha. Uh, we'll save this I'll save the San Diego stuff for later. Um, but we'll start off the biggest news story. Uh, the Screen Actors Guild has gone on strike. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep, so they've joined the, um, oh, what was their, uh, what's the other one's acronym? The WGA, the Writers Guild of yes. America. Yep, so Hollywood has shut down. Yes, it pretty much has. And it's starting to delay. If, you know, all productions are pretty much, you know, well, pretty much anything that's in production is shut down. Stuff is being delayed, and you know, we've been through this before. It's what's going to happen. And you know, they're 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 fighting for their jobs and their their rights, and so you know, good for them. Hopefully, things get worked out. Uh, one story that's come out of this, uh, some SAG after claims that. The American movie, uh, uh, I guess the people, you know, the movie producers, AMPTP, I should have written down what that stands for. Uh, they proposed a plan that would allow companies to scan background actors and pay them for one day's pay. Scan them for their likenesses, and then they could build it, own their likeness and use that scan in perpetuity, however they felt like. Um, obviously... SAG was not impressed by this. And yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> who would be. And that doesn't make sense. If, um, well, other than if you're the producers and the film, the film companies and you're getting to have free digital people pretty much just for one day's work you know, for the rest of their lives, but or yeah. your life as a company. But I, I can't see any actor agreeing to that. I think the biggest issue, though, has been compensation. Yeah. Um, in order to qualify for health insurance, a, a member of the actors' union has to make over twenty-six thousand dollars a year um, acting, and only tw- something like twenty-eight percent of their members qualify. Wow. Yeah. You need what? At least three credits in order to to qualify to join to begin with. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much, you know, this, 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 this fight, this strike, it's not. Well, like we saw that one, that one post we saw the other day. It's not for, you know, your Tom Cruises, your Chris Evans's, uh, your Scarlett Johansons. It's, it's for all the other actors that fill out the roles and the rest of the, you know, that in the movie that aren't being paid millions of dollars. Yeah, it's trying to put protections in place for them. You know, Got to look out for the little guy. Yeah. Yeah. And this strike is affecting more than just um, uh, TV and movie productions. It's having ripple effects um, on things like conventions. Uh, did you see any pictures from Hall H this year at San Diego Comic-Con? <laughs> they were empty. No. They were empty. I saw a picture of somebody, of people attending panels at Hall H, and there was like, maybe a hundred people in there in a room that sits 6,000 because no actors were allowed to attend San Diego. Well, yeah. the, the thing with San Diego is like, it, that was mainly studio paid for, right? Exactly. So that's... Studios, studios paid, um, 
paid actors to attend San Diego. So that was a uh, that that was a total no no on their contracts. Um, now they have made some allowances for actors to attend um, other conventions where the convention is paying the actors directly, where they aren't appearing as representatives of studios. Yeah. So um, I'll be attending Star Trek Las Vegas in a couple of weeks, and most of the actors are still attending that. We've had a couple of cancellations, including Kate Mulgrew. But um, but for the most part, most people are coming to that convention. But they're not allowed to promote or to discuss the work that they're being that the work based on things from studios that are they're striking against. So we'll have an entire Star Trek convention where people aren't allowed to talk about Star Trek. So that should be quite interesting. Yeah. Well, is it like so? Here, here's where I always get like confused with this sort of stuff. They, for instance, they couldn't talk about a show that's currently in like some sort of state of production, like say, um, what you call it. Uh, they they can't talk about like the actors can't talk about being on Discovery or Lower Decks. But would they be able to talk about like the the older stuff? Like say it was a like the odd Lower Decks is the one that comes to mind. The odd cast member who is doing voiceover work on Lower Decks, who may have been on, like, an episode of TNG or, like, been on episodes of, like, the original Star Trek, for that matter. Can they talk about that, or is that a no-go, too? Because the studio is still making money off those properties because oh, okay. of streaming and uh, other rights, uh, no, they're not allowed to talk about those either. Mm. Well... Something I found interesting, I saw uh, there was a posting, since we're just talking about this, you know, I guess it kind of falls into it, uh, from San Diego. They had their, as part of one of the, the, the He-Man um, panel, and they were talking about the, the new cartoon for next year, and they were showing off who's going to be the actors and stuff. Apparently, Kevin Smith was there. Cause, and he made some announcements about the show. Yeah. Which is one of those that they... It's gonna to be tough for him because, well, he's in that in this case, I guess he's not a. I don't think he's a voice actor in it, but he's a writer on it, and he's also a producer on it. So it's kind of I guess that's why he can be there or do that if he chose if he chose to, because he's kind of on both sides of the table. Well, the, so here would be the other question: Is he actually part of any of those unions? That's true too. Because there, there, there are few. It's not, it's not very often. But like, um, for instance, I am unsure if like uh, Robert Rodriguez, for example, he has been like he is. I don't believe he's part of the directors union at all. Hmm. But it, or at least he wasn't for a period of time uh, when he did um, uh, from dust till dawn. He wasn't. He quit because of uh, certain things. And that's also why, at the time, why Sin City was able to have, like, him and Frank Miller listed as directors, as neither one mm. were part of the directors' union at that point. So, like, it wouldn't, like, if you came up and told me that, like, oh, he was able to do that because Kevin Smith's not in, like, the Writers Guild or something like that, I would completely believe that, but I would also see him possibly being in there, too. Like, there's... Mm. Oh, that's true. Hadn't thought of that. Hmm. 
there's so many rules and regulations that they have to follow. And I totally support both the actors and the writers in this uh, strike movie. But at the same time, is if, like, one of them goofs, like, I really hope that, like, there's a warning process. Because mm. you look at, like, the first set of rules that they sent out, like, the first memo they sent out, like, it basically said, reads, no conventions. And then they clarified those rules, like, within hours later. So, but if you're not like, if you are unsure, yeah, and like the the penalties for such seem to be like you are going to get nailed if you do. So I I, I hope there is at least like a warning process, or at least maybe like you can go to like like any union, you can go to your rep and go like, hey, I am I have been contacted to do Fan Expo Toronto. It's by the convention. Am I cleared to do this as long as I don't talk about these mm-hmm. four yeah, projects? What can I do while yeah. I'm there? And, yeah. Well, one thing it sounds like, like Montreal happened last week, right? Montreal Comic Con. Um, so it sounds like a lot of the stars, like they couldn't sell any imagery of themselves from any shows. Like if they had photos, like 8x10s or anything like that for people to buy to get autographed. It couldn't, all they had were, like, headshots, like they're, you know, like your, I guess your, like, actor headshots, not yeah. anything from anything show-specific. But they're still allowed, like, if you, a fan, comes up with something, they can sign it still. Mm. Yes, those are the rules that uh, that were approved by the union. Yeah. So I think in the end I heard, uh, I guess, uh Montreal Comic Con ended up setting up a table or a booth selling images so fans that, you know, I guess because it all happened so fast that maybe anticipated buying something from their person's table to get signed. Yeah. So they had some images and stuff like that, which that's natural. There's usually a table at Fan Expo that's selling pictures of whoever's there too. So, mm. Um, okay, moving on. So right after, of course, right after we finished recording last week. Yeah. And we had that where we had that discussion where I was like pretty much, well, I'll believe it when I see it through official channels. Well, pretty much the next morning, which is another reason why I feel somebody has our calls bugged or something. <laughs> um, but I'll post it on Van City Official, Ryan Reynolds's Instagram. Were pictures of him and Hugh Jackman from the set of Deadpool 3 in their costumes, and Hugh Jackman is in yellow and blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No super sign of a mask, though. No, I've seen I saw some Photoshop that, pictures. That doesn't, but ne- that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Either. No. But it looked decent. I'm sure it'll look better, even better, you know, on screen. They tend to, right? You know, once it gets a little color tweaks, or depending on how it's being shot and everything like that. So, and even like now, oh, go ahead, Kev. I was gonna say now, like every other production, Deadpool three has been shut down. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Which will be interesting to see because that was the one of the movies that was moved up and was supposed to be coming out next May. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that gets delayed or not. Uh, a few other things I've, I've read that um, the second season of Andor was almost done production 
when it was shut down this week. Uh, Ghostbusters did finish production, or at least you know filming, before everything happened. So that one might hopefully still be on track for uh, its December release. Uh, but we'll, you know, with all these things, time will tell. You know, it sounds like Aquaman was going in for reshoots again before everything got shut down. Which, I don't know, I'm starting to really wonder about that movie. Like, it sounds like they've done, like, you know, <laughs> four or five reshoots on this thing since, uh, you know, since, since James Gunn's, you know, since the changeover, over, but. So, once again, we'll find out. Um, oh, we have a digital release date um, for Across the Spider-Verse. It's expected to be released on August 8th, uh, but nothing uh, announced yet for a physical home release. So we'll be able to soon pause and look at all the different Spider-People in about two weeks. Very cool. Hmm. Uh, ooh, we got some sad news for Masters of the Universe fans. The planned live-action movie that Netflix was making, uh, well, they've they've pulled out. They've scrapped it. Oh. Uh, I guess it sounds like they had already spent thirty million dollars on the project, and it, they had uh, there was uh, concerns that the budget was ballooning and it was going to be in the two hundred million dollar range, and so they they've stopped. Um, now there's been no word from Mattel if they're going to shop it to other platforms uh, yet, but you know maybe maybe we'll still. It's what once again, you know, our hopes of a, a live action He-Man movie have been dashed, and we'll, we'll believe it when I see it as a finished project. Uh, ooh, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming to Disney Plus on August 2nd. So, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 on August 2nd. So, if you missed out in the theaters and you were waiting for your home release, there you go. That's, uh, like, you know, a week away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some trailers. Mm. You know, I posted, a, I was posting links. Did everybody do their homework? Yes. I've watched some of them. Okay. So, first we got Wonka. Yeah. That's something else, that Wonka trailer. It It is. That's one of those ones. I kind of wish Jen was here to hear her take on it, because <laughs> I think she was... One of her posts was... At first, she was very much, you know, in the... Like, that was the movie that nobody asked for. Agreed. Yeah, that, that would be uh, my opinion on it. Uh, but then it sounded like she may have been interested when she saw the, the trailer. The trailer was fun. Very Mary Poppins-y. Mm-hmm. Um, the trailer did its job. It intrigued me. I'm like, well, maybe I will go and see the Wonka movie. Yeah, I, I, I fall into the camp of like, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just, it's like, it, that's... A, that's also a property for me that like whole doesn't weirdly like the movie versions of of Wonka on a whole don't hold any like nostalgia for me mm-hmm. at all and Same. like I loved Charlie and the Chocolate Factory as a kid and and would much prefer to like you know 
read the book as an adult than see any of these. And to be like, and that's what I thought about like the Johnny Depp version of the character as well. Oh like, yeah. That was just, weird. Yeah. It's like, like, um, and Timothy Chalamet is a good actor. Like I'm sure it won't be terrible, but it's like, uh, I think that like people talk a lot about superhero fatigue when it comes to movies and I'm in like the the prequel fatigue at this <laughs> point of like th- this is a story nobody asked for like I like I really don't know anybody who's ever said you know I really wonder how Willy Wonka got those Oompa Loompas they should well, make a movie about that Robot Chicken already showed us how he got the Oompa Loompas so yeah. we don't need a whole movie but it's it's you know like it's the, it's that and there's a couple others like that I'd almost throw like Craven into that mix too mm. weirdly yeah. is like that's it's like this is a movie nobody's asking for but we have the rights to it so we're going to make it and and when we get into the San Diego news I'm going to bring up another project that's kind of like this too so mm-hmm. well that, that you know, just made me think of in the um, in lines of things that you know why are we getting things nobody wants? And then you know, and then they make them. They spend all this money on it, and it doesn't do well at the box office. And then you get claims like those ones from the Disney exec, uh, was Bob Iger? Is that his name? Kev? Mm-hmm. Yep. When he's talking about how there's too the, the the Marvel Studios made too many stuff, too much, too many movies and too many TV shows, and it's diluted the brand and. And that's why the movies aren't doing as well in theaters. Uh, same with Star Wars. And it's like, wait a minute. Dude, you're the one that started Disney Plus, And you're the <laughs> one that wanted them to make all this shows. I'll wait for the big truck to drive by. There it goes. Make all these shows to fill your, your streaming platform. So you could get record numbers of people buying it when it first started. And now you're trying to say it's those studio's fault yeah no yeah while you sit on your million dollar yacht and take your you know get your paid 27 million dollars a year and he was at a summer camp for billionaires when he made those uh comments he didn't make many fans this week no he did not um, okay, well, speaking of fatigue, I don't know about you, but I kind of fall into the uh, into the category of zombie fatigue. <laughs> um, so we're getting another Walking Dead spinoff. Uh-huh. Which, to be honest, the trailer has me intrigued, and I'm kind of interested in, in, in watching it. At least maybe I'll wait for a few episodes to be out, and then I'll, I'll, I'll binge it or something. But it's Walking Dead Daryl Dixon. And everybody's favorite motorcycle zombie-killing badass takes a boat and goes across the ocean and ends up in Europe. Lands in France. And looks like some nuns are sending him on a mission to bring this child or this teenager from where they are to someplace they they need to be to re-inspire humanity or something. I don't know. Kind of gives me Last of Us vibes. You know, go take your kid. Go from here. Go there. But yeah, but we'll see. It looks good, you know. It's, it's something different. It'll be interesting to see what the rest, you know, under different place other than you know 
the southern U.S. or the mid, you know, so the mid mid eastern U.S. Just like I've heard interesting things about Dead City, which is the one with uh, Maggie and um, uh, crap, what's his name? Megan in New oh. York City. So that's isn't there uh, one with isn't there another spinoff with Michonne and uh, um yep not yet yes no. there is no it's it's just been teased they well, haven't actually, it, oh, no the teaser trailer for it just came, came out, this out weekend. Oh, okay yeah yeah sorry okay I get what you mean now yeah no so yes there's one coming with uh, Rick and Michonne yes Rick that was the name I couldn't remember. So, yeah, more Walking Dead. As the main shows, the first shows start to finish off, you know, the the spinoffs keep a rolling. Uh, awesome trailer that we got. We got more Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. That one came out. I can't wait for that show. It's going to be great. Yep. Um, yep, not much else to say about that. Trailer's cool. Go watch it. <laughs> Uh, we got a new trailer for the Marvels. Speaking of the more I see of the Marvels, the more I want to see the Marvels. The Marvels, I, I think, is going to be my superhero movie of the year. I hope. Ooh, that's that's high praise. That's big talk because you know we had that including Spider Verse. Uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping. Hmm. I just like all three of those characters. So, yeah. So in the trailer, we can see them interacting a bit more, and uh, you know, still kind of, you know, just expanding on what we saw in that first teaser trailer, really. So, uh, but it uh, looks good. Can't wait. That's uh, November. Yeah, I think. And the last one I have on my list was uh, the teaser trailer from Toho for Godzilla minus one. <laughs> And this That's is a, a movie, a sequel, or a prequel I can get behind, depending <laughs> on how you want to look at this movie. Yeah. It's supposed to be a Godzilla movie in early post-World War II. So, yeah, more Godzilla coming our way. And we'll have more Godzilla coming our way later. There's a tease. Uh, so, okay, let's talk some DC movie stuff. We had all kinds of uh, announcements uh, for casting news for Superman Legacy. Mm-hmm. We still don't, I don't think we've got confirmed Superman or Lois, but we've got a Guy Gardner, we've got a Hawk Girl, we've got a Mr. Terrific, and I believe there was, um, oh, what was that fourth one? We discussed him last, uh, Metamorpho. I couldn't find him. I couldn't find his name. So if one of you guys can find that, that'd be great. Um, but, okay. So Mr. Terrific will be played by Eddie Gith... Oh, jeez. I'm going to butcher this. Githiji? Githiji? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in um, X-Men First Class. He was the one that could... Uh, uh, what he was, was uh, Darwin. Darwin. That's it. That's it. That was his name. Yes. Uh, Hawk Girl will be played by Isabella Merced, and Guy Gardner will be played by everyone's one of you know, second favorite Canadian right now, behind Ryan Reynolds, who was also a Green Lantern at one time, Nathan Fillion. 
interesting casting. We do have the actors for Clark and Lois as well. Do, do we? Oh, shit. Sorry. David Cornsweet is playing Superman. Oh, yes. I forgot they did announce the Superman. Yep. Okay. He was... Uh, He's been on a bunch of shows I've never heard of, including The Politician, We Own This City, and the Apple TV series Lady in the Lake, which is coming soon. And Rachel Brosnahan is playing Lois Lane. Uh, she is very well known for being the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. don't know if any of you have watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I have friends who have, who absolutely love that show. Jen she, absolutely loves that show. Yeah. So, so Mrs. Maisel is now Lois Lane. I think Wonderful. that's pretty, pretty good casting. Yeah, so it's going to be an interesting movie with all these extra other characters, and which is good because that's the other thing too. And you look at all these past Superman movies, there's been no other heroes around. It's always just been Superman. Yeah. Well, so the actress who's playing um, Hot Girl, Isabella Merced, yep, she was last seen in the big screen as Dora the Explorer. Oh, <laughs> she played Dora in the in the live action Dora and the Lots. Oh, of okay, gotcha. That's funny. And uh, the actor who's playing Mister Terrific was in X Men First Class. He played Darwin, and he also was on, in the Twilight movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the uh, the guy who played Metamorpho, he's on something right now. He's on uh, Barry. He's on Barry. Yeah. He also played um, the serial killer Victor Zaz on Gotham. Okay. He's creepy looking. Yeah. And ever, all the pictures of him, he has no eyebrows, and that makes him very I, creepy looking. I believe he's an actor that suffers with uh, Appalachia, Appalachia, however you pronounce it. Alopecia? That. Alopecia, yes. He looks very intense. But uh, perfect for Metamorpho. Yeah. No, the photo I saw, is that, uh, he had that, that, that look, and it's like, yeah, I can see him being Metamorpho. Yep. I, I'm just like, Metamorpho in a movie, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Metamorpho, Metamorpho in a movie. Not animated either. Like, nope. in a live-action film. I've always loved Metamorpho, too. And he hasn't been I've seen in the comics book. lately, has he? Um, he's been in the recent storyline for, um, World's Finest Batman and Robin. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's been accused of murder. Not murder. Murder. Um. Oh. Let's play a little game. Okay. Oh, no. It's the 10th anniversary of this movie is coming up. And uh, the director of that movie franchise, or that movie, well, there, there's a hint, has come out and said there are plans for something. It won't be lining up with the actual date. It will be happening later this year, apparently. But there is something. So Do we like have guesses? Um, is it... Uh, is it MCU related? It is not. Ten years. It is not a Disney. It is not a Disney-owned property. 
list that I'm aware of. Hmm. I don't think ah oh, Disney when I hear this movie. Okay, I, I I what was a big movie from ten years ago? I have one hint, hint that'll totally give it away, but I'll don't, I want just to at least make one more guess before I give you that. Uh, was it um like a Jason Bourne kind of a thing? No. Okay, Kevin's guesses are done. No, no, no. Uh, it's not I a Jason no Bourne. Idea. Okay, here's the hint, and if you don't get this right. You're a bad son. Brent has a personal connection to this movie. Oh, Pacific Rim? Yes. It is the 10th anniversary of Pacific Rim. Really? Oh. Wow. And who Time is flies. it? Caramel Del Toro has yes. something in the works? Yep. He said that there are plans uh, for the 10th anniversary. Now, did he say this before Strike? This was in the last two since last since we last recorded. Recorded, okay. So possibly before the strike, which means this could be all shot to hell now. Oh well, no, who <laughs> knows what the plans were? Like, were it's probably, yeah. I would assume if it's something that's coming out this year, or they may be announcing something. Who knows, right? It may <clears throat> just line up. Maybe there's a yeah. director's cut or something like that. Yeah, the the first one was good. The, the second one was okay. You and I saw that in the theater. Yep. I believe uh, Jen and Kevin went and saw Hamlet. I think we did. Yes. I think that's what you guys did that night. And David Tennant. Yeah. Did you, did anybody here watch the, I know there was a Netflix animated series. I watched the first season. I never got around to watching the second season. Yeah, I, I don't know if I ended up watching it or not, to be yeah. honest with it you. Was, it, eh. it did not leave an impression. No. So. But, uh, in, you know, yeah, it's one of those, like, you know, part of, the, I think something that the second one suffered from is what, that Del Toro wasn't directing it. It definitely lacked, like, whatever it is that makes his movies kind of magical. Yeah. Like, it's just just the sort of weird unknown quantity that he brings to a project. And, like, it really it was just kind of more of the same. Yeah. You know, it just, like, uh, it, it was okay. Like, it yeah. wasn't terrible by any stretch. But No, and we didn't, other than um, the one woman, we didn't have any returning actors from the first one. Yeah. Uh, nothing to get, you know, um, uh, Boyega, he was good in it, but uh, John Bort, Bort, yeah, Finn, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, just didn't stand, didn't you know? The first one was better. Sometimes you know, like the first ones tend to, but hmm. um, and then my last little bit of news for today, uh, we have a release date for Invincible season two. Yay. The eight-episode se- uh, second season will be starting on November 3rd, coming to Prime. And with that, uh, as a nice little treat, they announced and released an Adam Eve one-shot episode to, uh, yesterday on Prime. Uh, uh, I am... Yeah, it's out there now. I oh, watched I it this afternoon. And how was it, right? It's good. I, I haven't had a chance to because I work today. So. Yeah. Um, it explains her origin and kind of her some, some of her, her background stuff. 
if you haven't read the comics and aren't aware of it, then it's you know it's really good information. Like it, it helps to flesh out her uh, her origin and her family life and like her backstory. Hmm. It's like and I think it's fifty minutes. It's like one hour type of little thing. Yeah, that's what it was. It was like fifty five minutes. Yeah. So here's something like that falls into the sort of strike category of interesting. Like whether it counts or not. So Robert Kirkman uh, was at San Diego this weekend, pr- like kind of promoting this show a little bit. I I believe he's a writer on the show, mm. which would mean he's probably in the Writers Guild. Mm. <laughs> you know, is he in trouble for this? Yeah, but he's I, also I the creator. Like the pan- yeah, and uh, but I believe the panel he was on was like comic book. Panel like it was mm-hmm. uh, about what Skybound is doing right now. Yeah. So where what like where do you draw the lines? I guess. So like, I wonder then because yeah he was there. Like, I wonder if like you said if the panel was a Skybound panel, and they just talked about the new Skybound comics and maybe in the anniversary stuff like that. But Amazon is the one that put out the announcement yeah. and the news for the cartoon. He did talk about it at least briefly because uh, what was the the quote that he gave was if you're if you're a fan of the comic and maybe this it's all in the wording too if you're a fan of the comic you will like and there's moments you're waiting for for the comic they will eventually appear in the animated show uh, he put it in like I don't want to say that I've learned my lesson but I learned my lesson. <laughs> I guess in reference to the changes that Walking Dead made over the years. So. And well, with it being animated, it's a lot easier to do that. You know, some of those big things that you do in the comic, you don't have to worry about, you know, cutting your main actor's hand off and in like the second season and having him be that way for the rest of the show. Yeah. Like they would have done if they were trying to be accurate to the comics, right? Of Walking Dead, where Rick lost his hand pretty early on instead of later like they did yeah all righty so with uh regular news done from ryan did you have anything you wanted to throw in there kevin before we get into san diego stuff no i think everything i've learned has come from san diego so okay. let's just move on to san diego all righty i've got your your list that you sent us in in front of me ryan so let, let's go through it wonderful uh, exp- uh i uh there are typos. There are typos, so it happens. Like Keith David, Keith David. Uh, apparently, I uh, have a typo in his name right now. So there you go. <laughs> it's not Katith. Katith. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Oh my God. Okay, so um, okay, more He-Man, Masters of the Universe news. Uh, Masters, the we got some cartoon news. Um, Hordak is coming to the new season and will be voiced by Keith David. And the next step, uh, season is called Masters of the Universe Revolution. Yeah. Uh, makes sense, given how the last season ended. Like, yep. uh, we kind of knew the Horde was coming, and Hordak is the main visual emissary of the Horde, right? So, mm-hmm. And Keith David's a good voice for him. He's, like, he's naturally, like, very deep and brooding voice. So. Yes. Um, and we know that uh, Skeletor will be returning, and so will Mark Hamill. Yeah. 
he will be returning to voice Skeletor again. So that's wonderful. It's good to see Mark getting work. Um, okay, comic news. We, oh, we're we getting more Last Ronin. They announced a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin 2 Re-Evolution. Mm-hmm. Starting uh, issues will start this December. So... There'll be busy days at the comic shop come December because I'm <laughs> sure we'll be selling. Is, is, well, I hope we do, it does well. I know that the current one, the Lost Years, I think it's some people are dropping off of it, but it sounds like this uh, Ronin, Last Ronin Two Revolution will be like twenty years after the end of Last Ronin, and that the turtles, these the, the new baby turtles, will be grown up turtles and fighting bad guys yeah uh i just read the the special that the the like little special tie-in one-shot issue that came out this past week and uh i read that something it was quite good uh okay more comic book news here we go uh dc comics has announced a new uh an upcoming crossover event we will be seeing the justice league Versus Kong and Godzilla. Ooh. So, yeah, I'm going to end up having to put this one on my poll. That's for sure. Because, you know, I like me some Kong and Godzilla. So, Well, back in the 70s, Marvel licensed Godzilla and he showed up in the actual Marvel Universe. Oh, I know. Yep. Um, Uh, Issue three of the Marvel Godzilla comic has Godzilla fighting the champions in San Francisco. The cover has uh, Black Widow lying there like, oh, help me. Draw me like one of your French girls, Jack, kind of pose. And uh, in the issue, uh, Godzilla tries to step on Hercules, and Hercules just grabs his foot and pushes him over. Yeah. We had it at the store. I saw it, and I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, what is this? And I had to look through it, and then I sold it. It was a good day. (laughs) Um, ooh, we're getting okay. So everybody's favorite, another one of everybody's favorite Prime shows, The Boys. We're getting spinoffs. Uh, Gen V will be premiering September 29th. Um, thoughts I've on The Boys? Watched, I've never watched The Boys. It's on my list of things to do, but I haven't got there yet. So, mm. uh, I it's good. It's a very you know adult or serious. I wouldn't say, I don't know, so serious. It's an adult-oriented, you know, superhero show. Um, I don't know much about this Gen V, but we'll we'll find out. We'll see when it comes out. Um, anybody else watching Harley Quinn? No, I uh, haven't. I've been. started kind of catching back up on it, but I'm mm-hmm. way behind. Yeah. So they've announced. Uh, they've actually they posted a season four trailer uh, out of San Diego this weekend and announced a, a date for it that season to start and it's coming our way soon it said july 27th so like next week hmm. Ooh, excuse me uh more turtle news nickelodeon has acquired the rights to the entire 1987 tmt series which is weird because they own ninja turtles Yep, like it must but, have been something in the wording of the contract for that original animated series, but mm-hmm. it's just odd that they did not 
own it in the first place. Unless they sold it off at some point. You know, who knows, right? Yeah. But, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so now they, you know, the, they've got that. So I think there's, there'll be plans, I'm sure, for us to show up somewhere to be able to watch that all again on some streaming service. Um, ooh, this one I saw that interested me. <laughs> so Sony has announced a new Spider-Man-themed PS5 console with the upcoming release of Spider-Man 2. It's uh, it's red and black because it's got like it's red. It's got the Spider-Man logo on it, but it's got like black venom ooze, like symbiote goo, like growing across half of it. So if anybody out there wants to buy me a Spider-Man themed PS5 console, I will happily take it. Uh, more video game news uh, in the upcoming Mortal Kombat game. I don't know if it's out yet or not, but uh, I'll say some of the early DLC is going to have a bunch of uh, comic book uh, heroes. Air quotes. Yeah. Um, Homelander, Peacemaker, and Omni-Man will all be characters you can use in Mortal Kombat. Some odd choices of characters. Yeah, it makes me wonder. Yeah, if not get... really for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes me wonder if we'll get like their counterparts in like the next DLC. Ah, uh, could be. Who would you put in to go against like as a counterpart for Peacemaker? Like Homelander, you put. Oh, the, um, the... what was his name? The the guy in the TV show that was like the the kung fu master guy. Judo master. Judo oh, master. Judo master. <laughs> There yeah. you go. There you go. Well done. Yep. Uh, if it had the like, invincible in it for Omni Man, and then um, yeah, one of the guys from the boys for Homelander, that'd be kind of, that would be cool. I don't know if it's cool enough to make me buy a Mortal Kombat game, but you know, I cool enjoyed Injustice. Injustice was a great game, like fighting game. I enjoyed I, them, but I just I get tired of those button masher games like that. Most of yeah. like, do the cool stuff. They're very much uh, games I buy when, like, they're on sale, especially yeah. it's, like, the game of the year edition, so you get all, like, the DLC and stuff yeah. in one go. But, yeah. I'm not a big fighting game person. Yeah. Um, DC announced two new, uh, DC Comics announced two new animated movies. We were discussing these last night. Yeah. Um, we're getting an animated Watchmen and an animated Crisis on Infinite Earths. I don't know if we need either of those as movies. No, not really. It's Crisis would be kind of nice if if they're doing like a direct adaptation of the story, but I don't know if they'll they could actually do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Watchmen, as I told both of you guys last night, is. I Watchmen is one of those things that like had they announced like five, ten years ago that they were doing an animated Watchmen movie, I would have been all over it. Like it would have been uh, right up my alley. But at this point, between the live action movie that we've already gotten, which I I will be in the count the camp of like I thought it was pretty good. The HBO series, which was excellent, like yeah. the, the kind of the the yeah. remix sequel ish show that they did with with that, 
was fantastic. This really just reeks of, well, we haven't done it as a cartoon yet. <laughs> it's still yeah. a popular selling comic. So. Yeah, the the one thing that did get pointed out to me, I'm like, ooh, that that looks bad on their part. But I'm sure it's whoever the press person didn't really go with it. Is so to to refresh listeners' memories, uh, one of the sticking points about Watchmen with Alan Moore, the guy who wrote and co-created this thing was that the rights to Watchmen were to return to him when the book went out of print. Um, because of its popularity, Warner Brothers slash DC has never allowed like Watchmen to go out of print. Mm. They, in fact, in their press release for this animated movie, mentioned the fact that Watchmen has never been out of print. Yeah. It was. It I'm just sure. really like. I'm sure it was just like you know a buzz thing that some PR guy put in there. But if you've been following comics long enough and comic news, that really stuck out as a like. Well, that's a dick thing to say. Yeah, but it's totally what you said. You know, like you said, it's a PR thing where most people will just be you know, that are looking at the news yeah, announcement no, and I reading know. that and like, oh wow, this. This comic's never been out of print. It must yeah. be pretty popular. Maybe I should check this out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a bit of a, that is a dick move to be like. But say so if you can sign that and it's a seller, you know that you know a studio or or like a producer like that, then they'll just keep. They'll think, yep, it's available. It's available for print. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a whole other thing we can get into at a, yeah. on a different episode. But yeah, it's. I just, uh, I spent, uh, you know what really sours me on it, thinking about it, is how bad Killing Joke was. Or <laughs> how not good Killing Joke was. Like, yeah. It wasn't terrible, but it was just, it was like, eh. And that's so, what, like, this kind of, like, I have a feeling when I, because I'll probably end up watching this at some point when it hits a streaming service. Uh, and at the end of it, I'm like, eh. Oh, you mean the Killing Joke cartoon, not the comic? Yeah, the okay. the animated one that we went and saw in theater. The difference, though, between Killing Joke and Watchmen is that Killing Joke wasn't long enough to be a full-length animated feature, and Watchmen yeah. is too long too to long be a full-length. Too long to be length. a movie. Yeah. yeah. It... Agreed. <laughs> but, you know, maybe they'll surprise me. Let's move on to a positive one. Yeah, I, I see okay. what's next on the list. This is uh, we had up Kevin's alley. Uh, uh, Star Trek Lower Deck season four is Yay! coming our way September seventh. Yes, uh, the trailer was so good. So many fun references in the trailer already. Oh, that's oh, the one trailer so I didn't see. I, I knew there was something I, that I meant I have to watch, and I did never popped up. So I'll have to go find that one later. Yeah, uh, so good. And speaking of so good, um, those lucky enough to be in San Diego and go to the Star Trek panel got to watch the newest episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds that would Mm -hmm. normally be out on Thursday for us, uh, which happens to be the Lower Decks crossover. But those wonderful people at Paramount decided to put it out early 
and it was available to view today. Well, well last night, actually. Last night. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't watch it last night. I watched it today. I did. I stayed up late after getting home from the west. Uh, what's it on in Canada, Kev? For now, it is on Crave. Okay, yeah. so I've got time to watch it before it gets shuttled off on the Paramount. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it is. It's just fun. Yeah. It's, no. Well, but it also it advances character development on both shows, really. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's one of the best pieces of Star Trek writing I've ever seen because it combines <laughs> two series, and and it does it very seamlessly. Um, do I have to have watched any of this season of Strange New Worlds in order to be able to watch this episode? I think you'll get enough from the previously on Star Trek Strange New Worlds at the beginning of the episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, you need to know that Spock, Spock has been going through some stuff. And All right. some of it involves Christine Chapel. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my last little bit of news of things, um, obviously not toy related because I didn't put any toy news in here because that's for a whole other show. Um, the one of my actually it's been a geek pick for me numerous occasions, uh, at least four other times. Um, on Netflix uh, today, they pushed it up a week, apparently. I didn't realize it was coming out. Uh, the Dragon Prince Season 5 premiered this weekend. Instead, I guess it was supposed to go out like, next week or something, and uh, it yeah. was on Netflix already. They cool. pushed it up a week, so I watched a couple episodes of that this afternoon. Huh. It's, uh, a, it's one of those, if you, haven't been, if, you haven't watched it, if you haven't watched it, you should give it a shot. If you enjoyed like um, Avatar of the Last Airbender, then you should watch this show. Interesting. There was a little bit more Star Trek news, too. They did oh. show the Season 5 um, Discovery trailer, and um, it looks very action-packed. Uh, we don't know exactly when that's coming, but it's it's not until next year. They're doing some, uh, doing some touch-ups on it because it they finished it before they knew it was the last season. So, uh, but that's about all I know about um, Star Trek um, from from the convention. So uh, I, I've got a little bit from the Skybound panel. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I will be the first to say that I'm not a huge uh, Transformers or GI Joe comic book fan. Like I like them, but I've never like followed them. I am so starting to chomp at the bit for this new Transformers book that we're getting in the fall. <laughs> um, being written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson, who who won an Eisner for his work on Do a Powerbomb this weekend. Um, but it, so just some of the teasers that are coming out of the the Skybound panel where they showed off the original, like, basically when they found out that the rights were coming up for these properties for Skybound to make a pitch on it, they had to turn it around really quickly. So they got Daniel Warren Johnson to do just this one big black and white art piece of Transformers 
and like handed it in with like virtually nothing attached to it and just like this is what we're doing and hasbro went oh okay let's talk and get a little bit more into it but they showed off some some artwork and a little bit of talk like basically like one of the lines that has come up because it's interconnected is how can a gi joe kill a transformer you're gonna find out which that intrigues me a mm-hmm. lot yep. and the fact that um that through according to bleeding cool through daniel warren johnson writer artist of transformers one said you wouldn't know how fun it is to draw humans getting squashed <laughs> so i i like the idea of this and the like just what they're doing with void rivals the second issue of that came out this week and i got to read it um have you read it yet ryan yep no that came out yeah last week i i I thought we had added void rivals to my poll after i picked the first one but i guess it wasn't yeah but i ended up getting it added so i did get a copy and i read it yes so uh with that the the guy at the end of that issue being like that super deep cut from Starscream's ghost episode of Transformers. I was going to say, he he looked like one of those other aliens that we yeah. that, that showed up in the cartoon at one point. Yeah. So I love how they're, they're just pulling from like deep continuity and making something new at the same time. It, it's just like, it, it's got me really intrigued to see the rest of it. Yeah. Mm. Um. So from, the, from the looks, I saw some of the the like the the three pages they released when they showed off. Yeah. And it looks like with this issue one of Transformers that we're getting in October, that uh, like we're starting from scratch. It's like starting, you know, the humans stumble oh, yeah. across the arc and end up, you know, with a whole bunch of sleeping Transformers on it and go. Yeah. And like we know that Larry Hama's gi joe is continuing at some point yeah like they they have said that they just haven't given any release details but apparently they also said at the the convention that they are looking at the re-releasing in i would assume trade or hardcover both the marvel uh gi joe and transformers books so i hope that they release those old like both of them in trades or something yeah um I will totally, even though I currently own from issue one to issue 82, plus the bar, the stuff they did afterwards to finish that run of the Transformers run, I will gladly buy that in trade paperback form mm-hmm. so I don't have to pull out my single issues to read it. Yeah. So, what? and that there's talk that might be before the end of the year. Ooh, nice. So, Merry Christmas. Yeah. yeah. I will sell the hell out of those books. Yeah. <laughs> While we're talking about comics, should we mention the Eisner Awards that were announced at the uh, at Comic Con this week? Oh, if you got yeah. the list, let's do it. I do have the list. So the Ooh. best uh, short story was the story "Finding Batman" by Kevin Conroy and Jay Bone, which was in the DC Pride 2022 collection. The best single issue or one shot was Batman One Bad Day, The Riddler by Tom King and Mitch Gerards. Which is a good book. I, I would go with that. I, I, mean, I can run down the other um, t- the titles in the, that were nominated, if you like. It was Mary Jane and Black Cat Beyond, Moon Knight, Black, White and Blood, number three, Star Trek 400 and A Vicious Circle, book one. Uh, uh, Star Trek 400 being edited by... Uh, 
True North nerd guest alumni, Heather Antos. Yes, exactly. She's uh, listed here. Uh, Best continuing series. The winner was uh, Nightwing by Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. Uh, The other nominees were Daredevil by Chip Zdarsky, uh, Marco Cicchetto, and Raphael De La Torre. The Department of Truth by James Tinian IV and Martin Simmons. That's an image book. Philadelphia yep. by Rodney Barnes and Jason Sean Alexander, also image. Nice House on the Lake by James Tinian IV and Alvaro Martinez Bueno. And She-Hulk by Rainbow Rowell, Roger Antonio, Luca Maresca, and Takeshi Miyazawa. Hey, what was best, that award? Best, best, continu- best Continuing Ongoing Series, yeah. Wow, and Nightwing. Huh. Nightwing was the winner. Best <laughs> Limited Series... Your winner was Human Target by Tom King and Greg Smallwood by DC. Brent, you just finished reading that this week, so I guess you yes, can confirm and, that. And very, very good. Yeah, the uh, other nominees include Animal Castle by Xavier Dorison and Felix Dellep. That's by a publisher called Ablaze. Yeah, it's a, it's a, con- I believe it's kind of a continuation on uh, uh, Animal Farm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Batman One Bad Day, edited by Dave Wielgaz and Jessica Burby from DC. Uh, Miracle Man by Gaiman and Buckingham, The Silver Age, Marvel. And Superman Space Age by Mark Russell, Mike Allred, and Laura Allred from DC. Those were the best. That's also a very good book. The winner there, of course, was Human Target. Uh, Best new series. Um, The winner was Public Domain by Chip Zdarsky from Image. The other titles that were nominated were The Atonement Bell by Jim Owsley and Tyler Buff, Tyler B. Ruff from Red 5 Comics, Love Everlasting by Tom King and Elsa Charitier from Image, Star Trek by Colin Kelly, uh, IDW, and Traveling to Mars by Mark Russell uh, from Ablaze Comics. Traveling to Mars is really good. Public Domain was all right. Didn't, didn't super catch me. Um, the weird thing about that is I thought it was a limited series. Well, the, t- the, the category is best new series. New series. Yeah. But okay. I, I'm, I'm really quite surprised Star Trek made this list. It's good, but usually media tie-in books don't make, uh, awards categories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we got, uh, I'll just go quickly through some of these best publication for early readers was the pigeon will ride the roller coaster by Mo Willems. Hmm. Best publication for kids, age 9 to 12, Frizzy by Clarabelle Ortega and Rose Buzamra. That's from First, Second, or Macmillan Press. Best publication for teens, age 13 to 17, Do a Powerbomb by Daniel Warren Johnson. (laughs) Also uh, highly recommended by uh, 40-plus-year-old comic book readers. (laughs) Well, it seems like such a weird category for it to be nominated in, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, like I, I like I can't argue with it. Like, yeah, teens from thirteen to seventeen will enjoy this book, but <laughs> I don't think that's who it's geared for. Yeah, then the rest of the categories get a little more esoteric. Best humor publication: Revenge of the Librarians, drawn and quarterly. Best anthology: The Nib Magazine, which I've never heard of. It's from yes. a publisher called Nib. Mm-hmm. Also nominated was The Illustrated Al, The Songs of Weird Al Yankovic. Did you know that was a comic? Yes. Oh. Um, Z2 does a bunch of You'll notice that Z2 also has another one in there Tori with Amos. Uh, Tori Amos, Little yeah. Earthquakes, the graphic album. 
Uh, best reality-based work, Flung Out of Space by Grace Ellis and Hannah Templer. Best graphic memoir, Ducks, Two Years in the Oil Sands by Kate Beaton. Which I've heard very good things about. Oh, yeah, Kate Beaton. Uh, I've read some of her stuff. Hark of Agar, that was her first book, right? Yep. One of her first books. Best graphic album, The Night Eaters, book one, She Eats the Night by Marjorie Liu and Santa Takeda. Best graphic album reprint, Parker the Martini Edition, Last Call by Richard Stark and Darwin Cook. Which I can't justify buying. Why'd you already have it in another I, Yeah, so the Martini Edition is, like, oversized. Mm. And the the way they put those books out originally, they're almost, like, uh, they're in the same size as, like, what the Parker, like, crime books that they're based off of would have been. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, like, it looks great. They look great on the shelf. They're so but good. Like, I, I, I would really like to get this Martini Edition. I just can't bring myself to... Because it's because it's oversized and hardcover, it's also like a couple bucks, right? Yeah. And I can't justify buying the same three book. And this right. is volume two. Yeah. The, the, so there's another volume that I believe is out of print that I'd have to track down. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Those um those Parker books are great. Yes. Uh, best adaptation from another medium, Chivalry by Neil Gaiman, adapted by Colleen Doran. Yep. Uh, best U.S. edition of international material, Black's, Black Sad, They All Fall Down, Part 1 by Juan Diaz. Which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Those Black Sad books are great. Best U.S. edition. Hey, hey, that means we have yet another person who won an award on on this that has been on our show. Oh. Juan Holgardito, was, I recorded my panel with him and it was on our show. There you go. Counts. Uh, Best U.S. edition of international material, Shuna's Journey by Hayao Miyazaki, translated by Alex Dudak DeWitt. Best archival collection project, Strips at Least 20 Years Old, Come Over, Come Over, It's So Magic and My Perfect Life by Linda Berry. Uh, Best archival collection project, Comic Books at Least 20 Years Old, The Fantastic Worlds of Frank Frazetta. Best writer, uh, maybe I'll go through the cat through the artists here because we've got uh, the winner was James Tinian the fourth for books like House of Slaughter something is killing yeah the I children. was gonna say because he's, he's writing Wind like the Nice right House now. on the Lake Sandman yeah. Universe Nightmare Country The Closet and the Department of Truth that's like seven books he's written yeah uh, the other uh, writers nominated were Grace Ellis for Flung Out Out of Space Tom King for Batman Killing Time, Batman One Bad Day, Gotham City Year One, Human Target, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, and Love Ever Everlasting. Uh, Mark Russell for Traveling to Mars, One Star Squadron, Superman Space Age, The Inkle, and Psychoverse, and Chip Zdarsky for Stillwater and Daredevil. Uh, Best Writer Artist was Kate Beaton for Ducks Two Years in the Oil Sands. Best Penciler Inker or Penciler Inker Team was Greg Smallwood, The Human Target. The other yeah, numbers were Jason, it's, Sean it's Alexander, Alvaro Martinez-Bueno, Sean Phillips, and Bruno Redondo. Uh, best Painter, Multimedia Artist for Interior Art, Sam uh, Takeda for The Night Eaters, She Eats the Night, and Monstrous from Image. Uh, best Cover Artist, Bruno Redondo, Nightwing. Best Coloring, Jordi Belair. Nice House on the Lake, Suicide Squad, Blaze, Ant-Man, Miracle Man. Best lettering, Stan Sakai for Yusagi Ojimbo. It's related 
journalism panel x panel magazine we're not even fucking nominated oh we don't talk about comics enough comics related <laughs> book charles m schultz the art and life of the peanuts creator in 100 objects academic scholar scholarly work oh now we're getting the real esoteric categories i think that's probably enough yeah, yeah. It, like best congratulations to everybody who won to all the nominees uh, and the winners the people who here's the people who were inducted into the Hall of Fame: um, Jerry Bales, Tony DeZuniga, Justin Green, Bill Griffiths, Jay Jackson, Jeffrey Cap, Jeffrey Catherine Jones, Jack Katz, Aline Kaminsky, Crum, Win Mortimer, Diane Newman, Gaspar Saladino, Kim Thompson, Gary Trudeau, Mort Walker, and Tatiana Woods. And those were the judges' choices. The voters' choices were Brian Bolland, and Nascenti, Tim Sale, and Diana Schultz. There you go. Yeah. Hall of Fame. Woohoo! Oh, I I wanted to mention one other person who has been on our show uh, because it, it is also sort of newsworthy. Uh, despite being dead for less than a month, uh, Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, is coming back to comics. And yes. one of the per- people drawing her is a friend of the show and uh, occasional guest, Adam Gorham. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Wonderful. So and uh, oh, what's her name? Iman um, Vellani is the writer. Yeah, the she's co-writing it with somebody. Um, but uh, Adam has said that it's been very interesting, like like not in a bad way, very interesting, like collaborating with her. So wonderful. Yeah. All right. So that's it for San Diego news. Uh, I believe, unless anything pops out. Like I've been looking at io9 and other places that have yeah. been uh, doing um, San Diego news. Kind of a quiet year, especially since there's no movie stuff for us to go through. It might have been a nice year to actually go, because you could probably walk the floor and see actual No, film. no, it was still busy as yeah. because Keep in so, mind that San Diego sells out before they announce a single thing. That's so, true. It's, yeah. nope, it was still busy. And on the toy front, there's all kinds of stuff announced. And so expect a nice, big, fat, juicy episode of Tales from the Collectiverse, San Diego News Edition, coming soon. Ah, uh, makes sense. Yeah. Whenever um, I can get Ed well, to sit down and record. a furry cat me. bus you could ride in in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> now, with all that said... Uh, Guess that brings us to the end of the episode and geek picks. Anybody want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I've already mentioned it. My geek pick will be season five of the Dragon Prince. Uh, once again, if you haven't watched that uh, this this animated series yet on Netflix, you should. Uh, if you liked uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, it has some of the same voice actors. I think it has some of the same creative as well. If you are a fan of Dungeons and Dragons and fantasy stuff, then you will like this show. Why aren't you watching it? <laughs> Watch it. There you go. Hmm. Uh, I'm glad you didn't pick what I thought you were going to pick because it's going to be my geek pick. Um, my Adventures with Superman is the new animated Superman series that's airing Ooh. on Adult Swim. Didn't we um, talk about this last week? Did we? I don't know. I don't uh, but know, I'm gonna but make, it's worth I don't talking it was, about again. I don't think it was my geek pick, but it is now. Uh, for episode four just aired. It's it's Superman done in an anime style. Um, uh, your friend of mine, Jack Quaid, who's also Boimler on Lower Decks, and he's also on The Boys. Uh, he is the voice of Clark Kent and Superman, and I just think it's a fun 
uh, nice retelling of the Superman, not the Superman origin story, but it's like a Superman year one kind of a story. And it's, it's just really fun. And it's, uh, I like the animation style and I like, I like that they have changed up some characters. They've even gender swapped some characters uh, and uh, it doesn't matter because it's just good. So uh, yeah, so even if I did mention it last week, I don't think it was my geek pick, but so you should watch uh, My Adventures with Superman. Cool. Uh, I guess that brings me to... Brings me to me. Brings me to me. <laughs> yeah. It does. Um, I, I am actually, we've, we mentioned it just very briefly uh, before, but mine is the volume two of Human Target now out from DC Comics mm-hmm. in hardcover format. This series, it like it hits all of my comic book buttons. <laughs> it is it stars characters who are basically like B and C level DC characters. The it's a noir mystery story about who uh, killed the human target, who was actually trying to kill Lex Luthor. Um, it the art in it is beautiful as like just a book. It is well put together and looks nice on the shelf. And I I can't say a, enough about how much I really like this book. Is the and it like it has a definitive ending to it. And much like Tom King's other like I guess they're they're mostly that like Tom King's Black Label series books, like what he did with Mister Miracle and a couple of his other books this is really dealing with like yeah it's a superhero noir story but it's also dealing with like other like more personal things in it too so um it it is a very good read and i highly recommend it and it's like two volumes grand total of 12 issues and batman while a part of one of the the issues in it does not appear and it makes for a fantastic story <laughs> in that particular issue. It, it's just great, especially when you get to the end of like, ah, that's so smart. <laughs> but um, yeah. All righty. Yeah. So before we go, uh, Patreon shout outs. If you would like to help our show out, keep the lights on, pay for uh, little things like, help us pay for hosting and like when we go to conventions and things like that uh any money that you can throw at us three bucks a month gets you in the door um we have started by we i mean me um has started doing a patreon uh only music nerd podcast along with uh alex kruger from the composers podcast so starting in like probably a, either this week or next week, you'll be able to get the the second episode of that. We put out a uh, first one for free. So, but from here on out, it will only be available on Patreon. So patreon.com slash true north nerds. Thanks goes out to Drew, Karina, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Rhino Vision. Uh, Alex Kruger, Team Woods, who has also been kind enough to do TrueNorthNerds.com for us. Mike Hammond and the ever-lovable Rex. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's it for this week. 
next episode um probably going to be a mishmash of reviews because some of, we're going to be catching up on a couple things i know jen and i will be trying to see the barbie movie this week yep so. i shall be in las vegas for star trek las vegas um, oh, so you, yeah so it might be just uh us sitting back and letting Kevin tell us stories about who he has lunch with and stuff like that. Like the last time he went to a, a Star Trek convention. No, he'll be yeah. in, in Vegas when we record probably next time. We're still on his trip. Oh, well, you'll be, oh, I'll he'll still, still be, be here. Oh, yeah. okay. Plus so, I'm going to, to see Rogers the musical. So I'll have all that to report on too. Yeah. When yeah. I get back. Wonderful. Oh. That's in two episodes from now. <laughs> yes. So next episode, uh, like I said, maybe Barbie movie, maybe a couple other things. Didn't find out. Yeah. But in, until then, uh, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you all. Later. Hey you. Bye. Bye. Like a